You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to be saved. Can you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, as through the words of Scripture we see you transfigured before us, glowing with the uncreated light you have possessed from all eternity. We ask, O Lord, that you would lift the darkness of our minds. Make your light to shine within us and bring us to a right understanding of this mysterious incident that we may be strengthened for true discipleship as were John and James and Peter. This we ask in your precious name, for you are forever Jesus the Christ. Amen. So if you don't know how the reading system works when you come into church, what's called the lectionary, the Gospels are meant to take us through the rhythm of the church year. The Gospel readings for, we're just wrapping up Epiphany, we're going to have Lent, then you have the season of Easter, and then we're going to move on to the longest season of the year, Pentecost. The Gospel readings are meant to help us help accentuate that season and the particular theme that it brings out from the life of Christ or the teachings of Christ. But the New Testament and the Old Testament lesson are chosen to match the gospel, to cast light on its meaning so that we can better understand it. Knowing that, our Old Testament reading from today may seem a little mysterious. In it, We do see Moses, who does appear in the Gospel reading. He is on top of a mountain, just like he is in the Gospel reading. But he's being told by God, as he looks out across the promised land, with all the effort he has taken to bring the people out of slavery in Israel, we hear him praised for all of that, that for all that he will not be entering that promised land. Because... Against God's wishes, he struck the rock at Mirabah and used the power given to basically shush the complaints of the people. It's a warning, undoubtedly. But we shouldn't hear that warning. Even when it's coupled with the praise of the mightiest prophet that ever arose in Israel, who talked to God face to face, we should not hear that warning in the same way that we would but for the giving of Jesus Christ. It is true God is not to be messed with. It is true that we are to live according to His precepts and His commands. But Jesus Christ came to forgive our sins that in the end, we might never be told by God, you cannot enter the promised land. Your sins have barred the way. 
We will never hear that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, our Christ. And that's what we give thanks for on this day. But there's another kind of temptation that can come. The temptation to stay in that moment when you've experienced the glory of God and stay in that place and not move on. Not move on towards the promised land because, after all, moving on towards the promised land involves getting down off the mountain. Jesus and Elijah and Moses are talking about his soon-to-occur departure. He leaves the mount to go to Jerusalem where the cross is waiting for him. And it's by going through the cross that Christ enters into His glory and takes away the power of death over our lives. And we are called not to stay on the mountain where we've heard the good news, but to go into the valley with Him. Apart from the words of Scripture, stories can communicate this to us in a powerful way. Most of you know I just got back from vacation a couple of weeks ago. Alyssa, could you click on the, um, the PowerPoint one so I can control it? Um, most of you know that I uh, came back from vacation a couple of weeks ago. And um, while we were there, one of the great joys uh, that I had was to uh, see my kids, particularly my daughter, get to see Harry Potter World for the first time. Um, these stories have captured the imagination of a generation for good reason. First of all, they're incredibly well written. If you like good books, you'll enjoy reading these. But also because they are profoundly, although not obviously, Christian. There are seven books in the Harry Potter series because there are seven books in the Chronicles of Narnia, which are explicit Christian allegory and exploration of Christian themes. And we were, when we were all waiting with bated breath to see what would happen in book seven when it was released, the only person who accurately predicted everything to happen in book seven was a theologian. Because he could see what J.K. Rowling was doing as she wrote the books. Tying together the true story of Christ and the transformation of one person into a Christ-like character with more modern and fantastical themes. Now I have been waiting since I was 10 years old and read The Hobbit, another Christian allegory, to see a fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> so you can imagine how excited I was when we walked in to Diagon Alley a few weeks ago and this is what greeted us. <laughs> My brother-in-law got this picture. <laughs> it was just way cool. <laughs> and I think the reason these stories have captured people so profoundly is because they tell a story and they tell the story in a way that any of us could project ourselves into the story and see ourselves there. I want to show you a brief, very brief clip um, from the first of the Harry Potter movies when Harry discovers his true identity. Excuse me. Who are you? Rubius, I Keeper of keys and graves of Hogwarts. A 
across you the wall by Hogwarts. Sorry, no. No? Blimey, Harry, didn't you ever wonder where your mom and dad learned it all? Oh. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? A wizard. But that's something good in my wizard. Don't you trade that little? No. You've made a mistake, I mean. I can't be a, a, a wizard. I mean, I'm plus Harry. Plus Harry. That's the way we can be. When we first hear or first truly believe in our heart of hearts the good news of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Maybe we thought we were just condemned to our couple of decades of life and then it was into the ground we went. Maybe we had an anxious fear of an endless cycle of rebirth because we could never get our karma balanced. Maybe, maybe we knew that we weren't really the people we knew we should be, that we really hadn't consistently made the best choices in our lives, and knew that approaching an all-holy God was an impossible task. And when we hear the good news of what God has done in for us in Jesus Christ, not only forgiving our sins, but calling us His son or His daughter, and calling us to eternal life, it can be like that expression you saw Harry make where it's like the music is swelling and our hearts grow with it and, and we're just captured by the beauty of what God has done for us and we want to stay right there in that moment with those emotions forever. But this is the beginning of Harry Potter's story, not the end. He has to go down the mountain. And the seven books are a constant progression of him facing more and more significant dangers, growing not only in his skills with magic, but in his character, until finally, spoiler alert, that in book seven, he can make the sacrifice required that good might triumph over evil. Like Peter, we can be tempted to set up tents on the mountain and stay where it felt good for a moment. And be like Moses, looking down over the promised land, but never entering. But we're called to go into the valley, out onto the plain, toward Jerusalem, to be transformed by the struggles of this life and the hope of the gospel within us more and more in, in our character into someone like Jesus. Because God, in His goodness, doesn't want to just forgive our sins now when it makes us feel good and later at the final judgment. He wants to heal the wounds that our sin and the sin of others has caused in our lives. He wants to straighten out the knots into which we've tied ourselves. That requires testing in the crucible of life. 
It's easy to hear that our sins are forgiven. It's hard to forgive our enemies and pray for our persecutors. But that is how the image of God in which we were made and from which we fell is restored and healed within us. The Harry Potter stories are powerful and wonderful and they're inviting because they're fantastic and they seem like they're in a, well they are, in a far off world that we can't really approach. But because they're far off, they can seem kind of unrealistic too. So let me tell you a true story that I heard from Bruce Larson. When he was growing up in the 1950s, he and his dad went to a massive, the, like the big cathedral Presbyterian church in Chicago. It took 12 people to take up the offering, folks. And this was old school Presbyterian dressed to the nines and everyone's in flowing robes and doing everything. And, and it was his favorite moment of worship was when they would, the, this phalanx of ushers would come down with the, with the plates and they just, it just awed him as a young boy. And every week when it happened, his dad would nudge him in the ribs and say, that's Frank. Frank was a, Frank Loesch was an unproposing, unassuming gentlemen. If you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't notice him. Frank was significant because he was the one man in Chicago during Prohibition who would take on Al Capone. Most of us heard Al Capone's name, but we don't realize what a tight grip he had on the city of Chicago. That not only the Chicago police, but the state police would not do anything to interfere with him. And the FBI itself didn't want to get mixed up in his business. Frank decided, because of his Christian convictions, that evil shouldn't rule the city in which he lived. So he started to form a community group with no power and no authority, but with influence in the community. Little by little, he started to build this network of people and they spread into more and more neighborhoods in Chicago. And the pressure got put on Al Capone's men to not do the things they were doing just because people, couldn't, people wouldn't put up with it anymore. They had no power to stop them, but they had the power of social pressure to shut them down. And you can imagine what happened. Frank's family was threatened. Frank was threatened. But because he knew that his life belonged to Jesus Christ, whether he lived or died, he would not stop. Until finally the hold of Al Capone was broken over the city of Chicago. Seventy years later, Bruce Larson can still remember the tear in his father's eye when he would look at him and say, That's Frank. We are called after we have seen the light of Christ, to let it dwell so richly within us that we have the courage to go down off the mountain, to face the dangers attendant on being his follower in this life. Because that is how the wounds that sin has done to our soul will be healed. And we need not ever fear of making a mistake because we also know that our sins are richly forgiven 
as we seek to be a more faithful follower of Jesus. As we enter Lent, as we begin our disciplines, whatever they are, whether you've gotten a new one-year Bible and that's what you're starting, or whether you're giving up something in your life, the goal is always to remember and to become a more faithful follower of Jesus. That His light might shine through us and touch the world, illuminating its darkness and lifting the power of death over us. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed Lord Jesus, how can we praise you enough for bringing your light to earth, for stepping down out of glory into our darkness? Lord, we ask for your blessing as we celebrate this mystery of our faith, seeing you transformed before us, that you might in the end transform us in turn. Change our hearts, and so change our behaviors, that we might touch others with your inexpressible love. We ask this in your name, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy